Welcome to Secondhand Sellers, where we talk about thrifting, reselling, and all things secondhand. I'm Sarah. And I'm Clayton. And today we're going to be talking uh, on a couple of topics. Yeah. I think we've picked doing research on items and when to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something very good to kind of lay the line down because you'd hate to do so much research, so much effort into putting, to find out how much is this worth? How much can I sell it for? Is it worth my time? And then you find out you've been doing research for two hours to find out something's worth $10. Now, if you're, your time's worth $10 an hour, mm -hmm. okay, I guess. <laughs> but where do you call that line? Because there are other times, for example, and this goes back to breaking up lots versus mm -hmm. selling as a whole, it's worth your time to invest to break something apart and pick it apart and go, yeah, it's worth my investment to make my max profit. So what do you have as a good example? What, where do you call, cross that line for something you have nothing, no knowledge about? So personally, obviously I always start with looking at eBay, the what has sold listings, mm -hmm. Um, I'm a pretty good re like word searcher, I guess you could say, yeah. like keyword keyword searcher. Keyword searcher. Yeah. Um, so even if I'm not sure on what the thing is, or I haven't been able to find the brand, I'm usually pretty good about being able to put in enough description to be able to find something similar. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, to be honest, I will use the photo feature. I do use Google Lens yeah. or the eBay has a similar like eBay lens or whatever. I don't know what they yeah, call it, I, but I've, a photo feature. So I found with that, often the Google lens will take me to a better example of the item mm -hmm. than the eBay one is really beneficial for the UPC code. Mm -hmm. the, um, but when it comes to actually, f if I were to hold up an item and go bloop on the eBay app, Sometimes it will just take me to random items yeah. completely unassociated. Versus I think it depends on how generic the item is, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my main reason for using things like Google Lens or eBay Lens would be to see if I can find, like, a brand. Mm -hmm. I, I found several times that by um, Google Lensing it, I'll figure out what the brand was yeah. on something that maybe is not with the box anymore and isn't marked. Because there are a lot of goods like that, that once the box is gone, unless you know what you're looking at, the brand is lost. Yeah. So an example of that. Um, so recently I, it was um, probably about August. I listed these pumpkin statues. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's something you would have seen growing up in the nineties, but these they're like sculpted pumpkins with faces on them. Okay. They're little knickknacks that people. Are they like would, ceramic or something? Yeah. Yeah. Ceramic or clay or something. They're heavy. Um, and I know that people collect those. Uh -huh. it, it's they're weird, and I picked it up for a buck at a garage sale in the summer. And as I was trying to list it, I could not find who made it. It didn't have any labeling, nothing. Mm -hmm. But when you Google lensed it, you could find oh, it was made by this the entire this one person. Basically. Yeah, it, and so by doing that, you can find the steps to get to it. But mm -hmm. I did have to spend a good. I don't know, it was like half an hour just to dig to figure out who exactly made it, 
which collection it came from, which model it was. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, he didn't just make one statue with multi-headed pumpkins. He made a whole line of them. And by the time I did all this research and the rest of my time, it was like, all right, is it was it worth it? Well, based off of what other ones had sold, they were selling anywhere from 20 to 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Cool. I listed it. And the sad news is, Halloween came and went, and it sat there. Never sold. I even dropped the price down by mm-hmm. five bucks, because I listed it at 30. And I'm like, I want to get it sold this Halloween season. So I dropped the price, and I have people watching it. But it didn't sell. So, are you going to keep it and keep it listed, or? For something like that, because of how small it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold on to it. It's fine sitting in the one drawer I have full of knickknacks and odds and ends just because it's not that much um, of my time. Like, I invested 30 minutes of my time into it. Mm-hmm. And if it does sell, even if somebody comes at me and goes, I want it, but I'm only going to offer 15 bucks. All right, sure. I'll, I'll accept your offer just because I want to get it gone and it's after Halloween and I do have people watching it. Mm-hmm. If it was something that I did all that time and I found out it's only worth $5. Yeah. I might go ahead and list it just because I already did the research. But if Halloween came and went and it didn't sell, it might be worth it for me to just go, eh, delete the listing, throw the item into the Goodwill bin and drop it off. Mm-hmm. Because... You could also, if since it's small and you do think t- you want to keep it, if it doesn't sell next summer, you could take down the listing and then repost it. Yep. Right, right at the cusp of, of fall when people are when Halloween and fall decor is on people's minds. Yeah. So, um, I guess to kind of circle back around, we were talking about when to stop because you asked what my procedure was here. So eBay list, eBay sold listings. That's my probably my number one resource, that combined with the Google mm-hmm. Lens. Sometimes I can use that lens feature, like I said, to find the brand, which then in turn can you can go in and punch in more information and come up with better comps. Yeah. Um, that often, for many, many, many things we sell, is it. So I'm looking around online just to see what the average is that they're being sold at. I'll, if there's a bunch that were sold, I'll look on the high end kind of to get my idea of where to start my mm-hmm. listing. Um, but if we get into something where I'm finding maybe a comp here, a comp there, or I'm not really finding a comp or having a hard time pinning down what that thing is or the brand that it is to get good comps, yeah. um, I will dig a little bit more sometimes or I'll make a guess. But let's say I find something. I don't, I, well, I guess go back. I don't get super lost in research, barring a few things. Yeah. So the big times when I really get deep in the mud with the research that I am going to spend a lot of time on it is um, twofold, I guess. If it's really an interesting thing. And on a previous episode, really early on, maybe even our first episode, I talked about um, a fan that my sister and I had sold. It was from a hotel chain, had the hotel name on the side. Um, and the person that originally had gotten this from this hotel had written a bunch of notes about their travel on it. And I'm a little bit of a research nerd. So I started Googling things and was able to 
basically come up with a few dates based on, they had written down the temperature of the day that they were there. And it happened to be a high, high temp for Cleveland. That's where this hotel was. And like record-breaking temp. So there was only a few days in the past, like since record, like the temps have been recorded, that it would have hit that temperature. So I was able to really narrow, narrow it down and get an idea based on several of the notes that she had of when this thing happened, how they pro- they talked about a boat ride, and I found a specific boat line from Detroit to Cleveland that matched up with the DNC boat note that they had on there. And so it just happened to be that this particular item had a lot of interesting information on it that as I got onto the internet, I was able to connect this whole thing and basically build a story um, about the history of this item that would otherwise just be a bland, not bland, I mean, interesting, I guess, that sort of ephemeral hotel travel leftover, I guess. It's a very ephemeral item. Most of them probably got thrown out. It's a little paper fan. Um, but because of those notes, and I started researching, I started finding hits on on what I was researching, I was able to build that story. And that was partially just personal interest. Like, once I started getting into it, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I'm able to, like, narrow down even, like, a time period for when this, they probably visited this, ho- this hotel for lunch. Um, and so... Th- a lot of times that's when I'll get lost I'll, in the sort of history part of it or the more interesting stuff. Or the, the second portion is when I start getting hits on what I'm researching. Yeah. So that one had a particularly interesting bundle of notes. And so I was able to dig through all these different historical pieces. But sometimes you'll get a brand mm-hmm. and then, like you said, you'll realize, oh, it was a collection. Or which collection? What year? Mm-hmm. And then, so as I get more information if i don't get to the end of that information chain right away it is more likely to drag me along as i'm getting deeper and deeper into finding out what and where and why this thing exists and thankfully with that paper fan you said before you got it for oh i found it at the bins it was pennies literally but with all that time that you invested doing that research it's like, man, you could have spent that time listing more items. I could have. But... Yeah, it's a, almost a pat. It almost crosses over into like a passion project sort of thing. At yeah. That point. I was. It was interesting. Yeah. And so it doesn't hurt the fact that you spent all that time to do that research mm-hmm. because, in re- all reality, because you did that research, you were able to sell that item to the right buyer, mm-hmm. which we talked and a bit about. And it was a niche. That. I mean, Very it was a niche specific. collector. Literally, her and her sister-in-law, it was purchased as a gift for this person's sister-in-law because they were collectors of this specific hotel chain mm-hmm. that does not, I don't think it exists anymore. Yeah. So, like, but, the likelihood that you're going to find the perfect collector is and, slim. But. And had you not done that research, that fan probably would still be sitting on your eBay account. Yeah, so it could very well be. That, that's It's a give and take on how much effort you want to put in to do the research, to properly do the research, mm-hmm. and properly list it so that way the right customer finds it. Yeah, and my husband said something similar, basically that I added value to that product mm-hmm. by doing the legwork, taking what seems, like, I just happen to be a pr- particularly good researcher, and part of that's probably my academic background. Um, I've learned how to look through records, and some of my personal interests, I've crossed into genealogy and stuff, so when you're into those kinds of things, you learn how to navigate information chains and, and where to find information. Um, but 
yeah, I don't know. Like, I was able to take small notes that a lot of people would just be like, oh, they're just scribbled on here. And find, like, a history for this thing. Yeah. Um, which is a specific kind of skill. But that's not... I don't approach most of our items that way. Because most of them, <laughs> I can find a brand. I can have... Or it may already have a date on it. And it's just a general item mm-hmm. without... I have nothing to connect a, a greater history to it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's... I would say when to stop. I think if it's something that's low to moderate value, if you're not going to be able to add a significant amount of value to it by doing a lot of research, it's just not worth it. Probably not. I would would say maybe 15 to 20 minutes. That's just my own time frame because I don't have a ton of free time to do um, extra research. Mm -hmm. I've got the time after work where I already have my own life responsibilities plus other, you know, other responsibilities. I'm trying to run eBay, YouTube. I've got only an hour, only an hour, maybe two hours at most to list items every Mm -hmm. evening. And so when I take my time and I go, okay, I'm going to start listing stuff. I want things I can just take, clean, photograph, list. Mm-hmm. And if I have to sit down and go, oh my gosh, I don't know anything about this, which goes into our next topic, I think. What do I do when I take something and go, oh my gosh, there's no sold listings and there's none listed? What 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 is your main strategy? Okay, so let's say the eBay thing fails, like you said, that scenario. I might also look around on the wider web. Like I said, mm-hmm. I've used the Google Lens. Sometimes you can at least get an idea of what other people are valuing it as. Mm -hmm. Um, Like sites like Etsy and some of those other ones. You do have to be careful because some places have really inflated, crazy price, like first Mm -hmm. dibs. Crazy inflated, like luxury level prices. And and this mainly ties in especially to the vintage items Mm -hmm. or very specific collectibles. It's going to be different if it's just a banal everyday item. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it is a vintage item, a collectible... Uh, even a handmade item, mm-hmm. you can kind of get an idea. So if you had something that's pottery, I would... Let, we'll take the pottery. You can find a lot of secondhand pottery, hand-thrown, from artists that are... It might be a nice piece, but it might not be a well-known artist. A lot of pottery um, pieces are labeled with the artist's name, and I usually, if I can read it, I try to Google it just to see who comes up um, because there are famous potters and things too. But... If you cannot find a good comp for this particular piece of pottery, pottery with that name, you can get an idea of what people are selling selling pottery in general yeah. for. So on things like that are in a good, they have a specific category. You know it's not a major brand. You you can't find a good comp. I would suggest look at other items in that category. Mm-hmm. That's the, assuming that it's not something like a collectible or a vintage item where you could. Look at Etsy and get an idea of what other people are selling it for. I would say kind of do some research in the category and just come up with a sort of average price. And then throw that price on there. See if you get any looks. And if you're not getting any looks, adjust accordingly. What is your strategy? So a lot of times I mainly try to look on eBay just Mm -hmm. because that's the market I'm already using. However, um, I've also used um, Mercari or Etsy to price certain mm-hmm. items. Um, for example, recently I just listed, it's a sealed package from the 90s, this 
Erasematic or whatever. It's like um, a mechanical pencil, but it's just for erasers. Oh, okay. And so it's some silly vintage item, and it's still sealed. Couldn't find any on eBay. Um, the ones I could find on eBay were newer from like the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. And other items I could find were not it. And I just said, okay. I'm going to base it off of the one from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. I made my new listing, put it up there. And the one from the mid 2000s was listed at like 12 bucks or something. And when I, what was weird was eBay said listed at 22. And I was like, that's not what I was going to put it as. But I went with it because I figured I can leave it up there for a week. And if somebody comes along and goes, makes me an offer mm-hmm. or they do buy it. That's more money than I thought I was going to make off of it. Or what I was originally going to do, I was going to list it $2 more than what the mid-2000s mm-hmm. one was. Because whoever is looking for this, it's a very specific person. Now, what's nice about it, it's from a high-end um, pencil and pen brand. Mm-hmm. Um, Faster Castell or something like that. Oh, Faber Castell. Yeah, Faber Castell. Yeah. Um, the German brand. And so... That is good. There were other listings where people are buying their mechanical pencils and their pens, mm-hmm. open, vintage. And so I know there's a market for it. It's just finding that one person who wants a sealed one and is willing to pay the premium because it's still sealed. And it's the only one listed on eBay. Faber is known for their art art pencils. Mm, their art grade. Okay. Um, my sister, wait, you know him. She has... Some of their their higher level, um, like draw like colored pencils, yeah, and their artist grade pens and things. So yeah, gotcha. it is a good brand. It, that could be that that eraser is meant for for art. art that could artist. be it. I read the packaging. It said something. They don't just do that, but yeah, I know yeah. that they are known for their art stuff. So it it was it Did was it just sell? like no, I just Not listed yet? it yesterday. Oh, okay. so, so it was like we'll come those, back to that. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting if it does sell because it if eBay was right, and it's like, yeah, $22. Well, that's cool, because I was expecting maybe 12 from it. But yeah. <laughs> because with me, I'd rather list things at a price that people are willing to pay mm-hmm. just for it to actually sell and get that quick turnaround than to list things at such a high premium that eventually one person will come along and buy it. You'd rather move. I'd rather move yeah. stuff and move on with my life. I think, yeah, barring maybe if I had something that I knew was really, really valuable, mm-hmm. then I might wait it out. But yeah, most of the time, I want to move it out. Yeah. Um, to kind of piggyback off that, so if that was me looking at that, I probably also would have tried the Faber website oh, and looked in, to yeah. see if they're selling a current product that is the same or similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you had an older one, so but it's a good chance that especially something like that, that if it was popular... They may still sell a modern version of that. Mm-hmm. You can get a baseline for what a brand new one would sell for and then sort of adjust Based for the fact the that yours is still and... sealed, but it's older mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And there are some things that the old versions sometimes are more valuable than the new versions because the quality was better. Yeah. Depends on a lot of things, but I think that is the case with certain, um, even like like pencils and things, like the old quality was better than the new quality, so... Mm-hmm. They have a, a market it, for it. It all goes back to old quality, especially with um, tools and stuff. A lot of them were handmade yep. and probably some some pencils and stuff like that. Probably handcrafted versus 
mass-produced, machine-fed. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why you see, like, so, antique furniture that's mm-hmm. solid wood will maintain more of a value than a lot of the furniture that's being cranked out now where it won't even last yeah. to be, you know, purchased 20 or 30 years down the road. Not to mention automobiles, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's. do you have any other tips for that? Like, why, if you can't find... Oh, another thing that I didn't cover. Mm-hmm. So let's say I do go to Etsy... I also take into account that certain sites like Etsy and some of these specialty sites maybe can get a little more for it. Um, they're more apt to have a specialty buyer that might be willing to open their, their purse a little wider uh, than maybe somebody on eBay. Mm-hmm. So you can also moderate price based on that. Maybe knock it down a few dollars if you're going to be listing on eBay. Yeah. Unless you're seeing those comps on eBay that are that are up there as well. Mm-hmm. I, my That would be mostly if you're having a really hard time pricing it. So let's say it is something unique. You have never seen one. You could not find it. Maybe it's a handmade item and it's like a weird decor piece, something that's just, it's in a category of its own and you have a really hard time getting a decent comp on it. What would you do? Um, One of two things. One, I would just get a price that I would like to get out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Based on what you paid. Based off of what I paid, what research I spent into it. And let's say I spent 20 minutes, my 20 minutes looking into it and I go, I haven't found how much I think I should sell it for. And I haven't found other items similar to it. I'll do one of two things. One, I'll take it, I'll put it in a tote and I'll deal with it on another day when I have more time. Mm -hmm. Second, I'll list it at a base price I would be happy with as an auction mm-hmm. or I'll list it at a premium price as a buy it now that I would be thrilled to get. And whether that's, you know, $10, $20 higher than I think it's really worth, but just for the fact of if I list it, I'm actually getting my things listed as opposed to delaying and it goes into the, the pile of treasures that I've been hoarding and um, I could potentially get it sold or at least get eyes on it. And if somebody is willing to come and find it and they go, hey, I want it, but I don't want it at the price you have it, they'll make me a counter offer. Depending on how much time, money I have into it, I might be satisfied with what they're offering. So okay. what about you? Anything um, specific? So if let's say it was a, if like my example of a decor piece. I probably would consider a decor piece or a piece of art, but not it's not a famous person, but it's cool, mm-hmm. which is like I just picked up because it was really an interesting thing, um, but I can't find a comp. I probably would consider what like a certain type of customer would, would want to pay. So you always are thinking about your audience, mm-hmm. but also you can think about things like, if you go into a place like TJ Maxx, like really popular places for decor, the amount that people are willing to pay for even just mass produced art pieces, mm-hmm. statues, home decor, you can kind of think about it in that way. So it's a, it sort of goes back to my looking at the category. So even if you have a unique item that's super unique, you can, all right, I know somebody will go to TJ Maxx and spend $100 on a painting this size or $50 on a not even a real painting, like a print. Yeah. No, $50 for a print this size. And I've got a, a one that I know was handmade. It's good quality. 
it's not even a mass-produced piece. Needlepoint is a good example. Yeah, of that. you could go up a little bit mm-hmm. because you know there's a certain type of buyer that people are buying this mass-produced items at a certain price. So a unique item should should command in the same range or maybe even a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, you always want to look and see if you can find a maker or find something similar. But if you can't, I think that thinking about it that way, that what is somebody who's looking for that special piece to elevate their room, what are they going to be willing to pay? Yeah. You know, if you walked in, because there are certain things that I, as cheap as I am, again, I've said it again, will be a continuing theme that I am cheap. There are some pieces in our house that I purchased at estate, estate sales that we have paid a little bit more for um, because they were art pieces or decor pieces that were interesting and we felt were worth what they were. And like we have one painting, we paid about $100 for it. It's an original painting. But if you went to an artist, and I happen to know this because I've my sister's in the art realm, so... I'm familiar. If you went to a modern artist, a non-famous modern artist, you're going to pay that or more for an original piece. So I think just getting an understanding for the going rate for things. And like when you're not buying it directly from an artist, you might not pay that level, but you can always like moderate it down. So I have paid more for things that we thought would really enhance our house and would be be interesting and nice to look at. Um, And so I think just thinking about how the going, the market rates for a lot of those kinds of things, even if it's not, and you might want to inflate it a little bit, even if you're using sort of like store-bought decor as your baseline, you may want to inflate it if you're looking at this thing and thinking it is so interesting and so unique Mm -hmm. that it probably would command a little bit more. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. It's always easier to list something and list it higher than mm-hmm. what you would be happy with because you can always come down on the price or take an offer than it is to list an item for lower than what you think it is and it sell faster than you expect. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so like that was that, that particular category, but it goes the same for, for clothes. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you found something that was like clearly handmade and it's really interesting. Maybe somebody like, I don't know, customized a t-shirt in a weird, like a weird and interesting way. All right. I know t-shirts could normally go for 15. This one's really cool. Eh, maybe 20 or 25. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can't get a comp because it's a one of a kind, but you can just adjust it based on market values. And if you just have no idea, I like, I like your thing. Just slap up a price and go for it. Yeah. It's not worth spending forever agonizing over it. Yeah. And, and I've had a few things sell. Um, Around the price that I asked for, just mm-hmm. because, um, like broken electronics, they're all over the place for price range. Mm-hmm. I just find a price that I would be satisfied to get for the amount of time I have into it, put it up there, and I've sold them. Mm-hmm. And that way, I'm listing things, I'm selling things, they're out of my life. Yep. And so. I would say one other thing, it kind of crosses both categories, the doing the research, but also what to do if it's like a bus- like it feels like a bespoke item or Mm -hmm. just it's so odd and rare that you really can't get that comp. Um, You can even go on to places like Reddit. Like Mm -hmm. if you can identify what category it would come from antiques or housewares or like it's mechanical or electronic and Mm -hmm. you know that it's that thing, but you cannot for the life of you figure out what it is. Um, 
consult those online forums. Someone might be able to help you identify what that is. Yep. Because there's, for everything out there, there's somebody out there that knows a lot about it. And especially with Reddit, there are so many niche-specific yeah. subreddits. It's insane. Yeah, so if you know, <laughs> oh, this was definitely a part of a machine, mm-hmm. or, I don't know, it was used for some sort of trade, people in in these communities sometimes can point you towards at least identifying what you have. So... Um, did you have anything else to say on doing research, when to stop, or selling something when you can't find a comp? Um, overall, just take into consideration your own time. If you did have more time to do more research than the 20 minutes I suggested, take that time because it might end up leading to more money for you or a better satisfaction for your customer. So. Yeah, I would say especially if... You have a hunch that what you have might be valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth putting a little bit more time and effort into it because the more you can give to the customer, all oh, it's X, Y, and Z, the more likely it is that you can command that premium price. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we would love to hear your suggestions. What did we miss? How do you guys do research? What makes you stop researching at the point that you stop? And um, how do you sell something if you can't find a comp? Do you yeah. have any other suggestions? We'd love to hear from you. Go ahead, hit us up down in the comments below. And don't forget, while you're down there, hit like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. See ya.